Hi and welcome to the Director's Diary. I'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation that I've had with Ryan Gilmartin, um, who is a friend and someone who um, I've had conversations with uh, regularly and gone, we really need to be recording this. So um, this this is a, a conversation that we had at our studio, at Ripley Studios, um, and we were interrupted by a fire alarm. So if it sounds... Uh, like we've been interrupted and that it's a little bit fragmentary um we have it the, the siren has been edited out but um i think you can kind of tell when when the alarm went off um but yeah i'm super excited for you to to hear this i think it's important for people who are um who consider themselves as actors but also people who um, are wanting to diversify their skill set to, to add strings to their bows um and to and also to how how to network and mentor it's all those things all really juicy stuff so um yeah so without further ado let's get on with the podcast it's no one's intention ever to share a diary so if you're listening to this keep it close and use it well so thank you so much ryan for agreeing to do this um i've actually wanted to talk to you for a long time um we've i know we've had discussions when we worked together, um, so it's a, I guess for, for me it was really important to get them down recorded and some form of chat. <laughs> I'm pleased you think I've got something of value. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Um, so first, what I'd love to do is give you an impossible task. It's to tell us your life story in about two minutes. Um, so I'll put a little timer on. Great. And... Whenever you're ready, tell us how you got here. Hmm. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Ryan Gamartin. I'm from Spalding in Lincolnshire, which is the east. Um, I've started kind of like embracing it more and just, you know, people say they're from the north, I'd say I'm from the east because it sounds kind of like Lord of the Rings esque, which is, I quite enjoy that. Um, I love reading short stories, board game nights, American football, and my guilty pleasure is, I mean, it's not quite a pleasure, is two bowls of porridge a day. For work, I'm an actor, a video artist, and a maker. So I'll smash that. That's 30 seconds. You've got, you got a minute there. <laughs> um, who am I at a deeper level? I'm an only child, and I think that's definitely something that um, is important to me and definitely helped who I am. It's helped me be... It's helped me have the bravery uh, to kind of be curious about different things. Because when you're an only child... Um, it seems like you either hate being an only child or you kind of really enjoy being by yourself. So I've got memories of just like you're in your room for three or four hours just playing. And that kind of transfers to now where I might be like, so last, uh, last year I tried running a networking night for, uh, on three different occasions just because I kind of tried it. I was like, mm, I tried it, didn't like it. The same as you would if you were a kid playing with your toys. It's, because there's no siblings there to like judge you, I think it means that you're kind of able to follow your curiosities more. Cool. And what about training-wise or education? Yeah, so I went to Alra North, which is a drama school in Wigan, of all places, which is great. And that's my main training, really. Yeah, didn't go to uni, went to drama school. Great. That's, uh, that's one minute 40. Well, that's a good good job. It's always interesting how people answer that question. It's kind of uh, which way you go with, but that was great. Um, so diving straight in to things that we've spoken about before mm -hmm. um, what advice would you give to someone who's 
smart, driven, maybe at uni, uh, wanting to go into, let, let's say going to acting specifically or going to the theatre? Well, when you first asked that question, I think it's interesting that you say like smart and driven. You, you point those two things out. Mm. And I think that's interesting. So I'm going to answer that by having some suggestions for someone who feels they are smart and driven and for someone who maybe wants to be smart and driven sure. or like how to get smart and driven. So if you are, if you class yourself as smart and driven, I think the best thing you can do is you need to talk and physically meet working creatives or actors. Um, as you, I'm sure you're aware, there's loads of podcasts out there that talk about the creative side of the industry, but there's not many, or not many positive ones, like Honest Actors, you might have heard of, it's great, but I can never listen to too many in a row because it's depressing. Like, I know it's a hard industry, I don't need to be reminded of it, is my take. But some people seek solace from that. You know, they, they like to hear that someone else is having a hard time as well. Um, so yeah, like, you know, if, so if you're kind of already driven, I imagine you're going to the theatre, uh, maybe you're going to like short film screening nights or maybe uh, you know film festivals if there's an actor that you like you like their style or maybe you just you're like oh they're from a similar town to me or they're you know they're, they're from the northwest too wherever you're from um, just call them after show and be like you know do you want me to go for a coffee sometime uh, before your show one time um, something like that or you can be a bit more formal you can maybe write a letter to them um, you know you know if they might be in a theatre for four weeks over a run write a letter to them and say have you got any time at all either before or after show where we could kind of uh, talk. Because um, then you'll kind of learn so much more about the life of a, of a working actor. Yeah. Uh, so that leads me to my second tip, which is get a mentor. Um, I kind of heard about this through like motivational videos, so I'm really into them. And lots of other businesses have this very common advice, like get a mentor. So I think it's really important as you as an actor to get one too. I've only had one once officially and how I went about it. So he, he's Matthew Zier. Uh, he's now the young... No, he's not. He's, uh, he's, he works for the... I can't remember what it is. Alex will Google this afterwards. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's Matthew Zier. He's a, he's a director. And he was at the Royal Exchange when I first graduated. Or well, was just about to graduate. He was an assistant... Uh, he was an associate director there. Uh, like an associate artistic director. And what I liked about Matthew was at the time... I was looking to thinking I would juggle being a radio presenter and being an actor. I was like, radio is going to be my, my side job. And Matthew had been on like Radio One, One Extra, and then kind of transitioned into theatre and kind of kind of did both. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's such a. So, for example, earlier, like I said, about contacting someone who you think is quite specific to you, whether they're from a similar town to you or they've done a similar thing that you want to do. That's why I spoke to Matthew. So I wrote a letter to his. Eight? No, I wrote a letter to his PA. He had a PA, which is cool. So wrote, Living the high life. Yeah. Yeah, so I wrote a letter to his PA and just kind of laid it out really straight. I was like... Um, I did ask for a bit of advice, you know, so I went to the... I think receptions at any uni or drama school were fantastic. Um, secretary, imagine more like that. And she gave me some advice, kind of like how to word the letter. So, you know, there's a bit of prep that went into that letter and it was kind of saying, you know, you're saying a bit about who you are but more about what they can give you. And I think what was good for me was that I didn't say, do you want to be a mentor? It was like, can we have a chat? And then I knew that if we got on, then it would lead to maybe him mentoring me. So I didn't want to put that pressure on him, first of all. So I wrote a letter to him. Like, I was no reply. So I was like, well, that's... Do you know what I mean? When you get no reply, you used to get used to rejection. So you're kind of like, oh, that's fine. And then he did get back to me like six weeks later through his PA. She was like, Matthew, we would like to meet with you. Um, and that was cool. And then, yeah, we kind of would meet... About once a month, physically, 
uh, in the cafe at the Royal Exchange. And then we, he'd also be there for, especially when, you were, when you've just graduated, you've got so many questions. There's so many new things that are coming up all the time that you haven't encountered before. So it's, that's what's great about the mentor is you go, what about this? Or like, what do you think I should do? Um, yes. The good and bad things about having a mentor is they, I think the best thing is they give you contacts. Yeah. And I'll look at you more. I never did enough stuff, but I'm kind of currently talking to the microphone. I'll look no, at you good. more. Um, yes, they give you contacts. Yeah. You know, li- you know literally, I think I did, they should be a few rungs above you. Yeah. And they kind of help go, do you know who you should speak to? Have a coffee with this, this, and this. And then when you eat, you know, you get their emails from that person that you're mentor, and then it means that you use your mentor's name when you email the person. So I've interviewed, well, I've chatted with some really cool people, uh, a woman called Jude Christian, who's now like head of theatre at home in Manchester. Um, you know, people that, are, that wouldn't have gone for coffee with me out of the blue. That's, that's the best thing. The, the negative thing, and this is on me, um, is that I think when I first graduated, I think I wanted him to like wave a magic wand and like give me a job um, in some way. You know, I think my, my, my deal at the time was like, man, if you just give me two days a week at the Royal Exchange, like I'll do whatever. I'll work in the office there, but I just want a job. At the time I was working in the airport, and uh, yeah, I was really struggling with that. So I think every meeting I was like, oh, maybe he'll give me a job this time. And that never came. I think that's the important thing about the mentor. And, and now I've been a mentor with Arts Emergency. Like you're, as a mentor, your job isn't to fix things because what, what, what might work for you may not work for the person you're mentoring. So, you know, get as much as you can from them, but they're not there to fix things because in a way you have to learn that really hard lesson on your own. That's super interesting. Um... And often the isn't the best advice. Best thing they can do is just actually give you the advice and what's that you. It's, there's also something about um, giving a shortcut to something that you actually need to do yourself. So I don't know how do you how do you, yeah how do you do how do you do that as a as a mentee how do you manage those expectations or like. Because you you want them to open doors and you want them to say like oh, how do I do all that stuff? So how, what, where's the balance? I think it's about trusting your gut. I think I'm going to talk about this a bit later on, but you've really got to trust your gut and know, you know, they're, they're your mentor, but you don't want to take the piss. Yeah. You, know, you know when you're being really thirsty. Because um, <laughs> you don't want to put them off. You know, don't just think, oh God. Um, so you're just really relaxed with it. You appreciate your mentor, depending on how what some people's mentors like they're like best mates, yeah. and some people it's more of a business thing. And, and me and Matthew were slightly in between. You know, it meant that he was someone who, at a press night, I could go and speak to him. And he'd be like, "Hey, what do you think of the show?" You know, that's nice. Um, you know, it's basically you have a closer relationship with someone who's a few levels above you. And how did you formalize that as mentor? Um, I I think after our first one, he was like, "We should do this again." Or maybe I said, a bit like a date, it's very much like a date. <laughs> you know, either one of you will bring up, normally the mentor would, because, you know, they're older than you and they, they have been mentored themselves. So normally they, they would know the kind of framework, uh, even if it's unofficial. Um, you know, they would be like, let's do this again. Um, and then you kind of take it from there. You know, you're not like, oh my God, can we book in six sessions for the next six <laughs> months? It's more like, yeah, cool, play it by ear. Um, because now, yeah, me and Matthew, we he moved to London for a job. So we don't you know we no longer have that relationship uh, I bumped into him funny enough at a sharing I was doing in London for Boundless Theatre and it was really nice to see him again um, it had been about two years and you get to kind of fill them in about what you're up to so yeah the relationship isn't forever as well you know, or it might be for you you know you might get a bit of it so it's about appreciating what it is in that moment 
the amazing mm-hmm. things you can get from it and then letting it be whatever it be don't, don't hang on to it something that um, also I think mentors are really useful for is um, providing experience so sometimes like if it's available so I, I was mentored by Pete Higgin at Punch Drunk and the brilliant thing with that mentorship was yes I got kind of the one-on-one personal stuff like how do I develop but he also got me in the door with the show that they were making so I actually got to see like how the organisation worked so I think if possible I mean maybe that's something that I'm just imagining if I was going to someone wanting to mentor someone who I would choose would be maybe someone who I think could get me in somewhere so yeah. it's not yeah and of course obviously with my one there's a caveat because you know at the time I was just an actor and he was a director yeah whereas you know with your thing if, if I'm a producer and I meet the producer of course you know they'll, they'll let you in and sure. sit in or if it's a director you're a young director and you want to chat with a director of course it's much more so for example me when I, I mentored a young person he came and acted in a piece I was doing at Royal Exchange you know your mentor will want to open those doors for yeah. you um, only you know, only if it's the right fit. But normally it would be like in your case. Mm. How did you get your mentor? That was through a university scheme. Ah, interesting. So Punch Drunk came from University of Exeter, which is mm. my uni, and they have a scheme of like setting up, setting them up with alumni. It just happened to be like the perfect fit for me. Um, was it competitive? You know, it was yeah. Valid, that's yeah, there's only one person to get it. And there you go. So yeah. as Alex has told me, it's my duty to tell you that we're not allowed to kind of like go over we're not allowed to kind of glaze over the facts yeah you know we're going to give you all the little steps hopefully yes yeah, so it, it was quite a rigorous thing that we had to write in a short form of writing which is kind of like 500 words which doesn't I don't know if it sounds a lot or not but it, I think it's, short writing is quite an important skill um, I mean you just said like how do you bottle off off pod you've just said uh, how do I get a whole project down into like 200 words <laughs> <laughs> Just had a fire alarm go off, that's great. Okay, we're back. So, uh, I can't remember where I was. So you were writing, you wrote uh, a short thing. Was this like, tell us about you? Or did it, because some of the people ask you like weird questions, you know? It was more like, tell us about you and why do you want to be mentored? That's easy, that's nice. Okay, good. Um, And then then I went through like two kind of interviews with a board. Just like three three people, well, we've got three people behind a desk. What did you wear? I wore, I can't remember, it, w- it would have been a shirt of some sort, shirt and shirt and jeans. Oh, so you've gone like smart cash. Smart cash. Interesting. Yeah. Because it's tough, I think, when you're a student, you want to be like, you're like, oh, it's my first taste of professional life, maybe I'll wear a suit. Yeah, no, I, or what? I don't know, I don't, I've never, I've, I've never really had uniform. You're quite smart, though. You dress quite smartly when I've seen you. Thanks. I yeah. think that's changed from my uni days. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it was quite competitive and... And when I was, and actually there's a whole other thing that we could say here, like when you're actually being mentored by someone, you can't really rest on your laurels. You have to be active in that search of what they can give you. And I think it's it's about preparing before that meeting about, okay, you come to, yeah, you come um, to that meeting with a load of stuff. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. You can, they can't really tell you why they're mentoring you. You've got to do it yourself. Yeah, because I mean, that's the biggest thing especially when you get either like your thing or, or like my thing where you approach a mentor kind of out of the blue um, you know you're not at school anymore so even your thing was through uni you know it wasn't part of your course you know yeah, weren't exactly. marking you so it's, like, it's literally like you have to bring it and what, just from a, a human level what was really nice is that I was going for a really shit job but I knew that once a month I had something to look forward to mm. that was like just for once a month I got to walk into a theatre 
and like have a taste of like what I wanted my life to be like and that was that was huge that's amazing okay so how if I'm not smart and driven how what, what works for me well I call it the Wikipedia your favourite new artist effect so you know when like you, you find a new artist on Spotify or it could be a new actor or you see an amazing film you Wikipedia them and they're normally born like after you were and you're like what have I done with my life like they were born like 1999 you're like what what's happened <laughs> and sometimes you know you've got a background it's like they went to a private school and like they were best friends with Brad Pitt you're like oh, okay that's cool like that makes a bit of sense as to why yeah. age they're doing that but sometimes they're not what I mean by that is like you need to have a friend who raises the bar so it's someone who's basically doing more than you are so uh, a good example is a friend of mine called Morgan Bailey he's uh, a writer he's an actor he's a director he's um, and in all, in all four in all three mediums he's better than me he's doing better than me um, so he you know as he, he's just doing he's, he's jumped more hurdles than I have so as a result it means that your hurdles look smaller now and, uh, and it's competitive so I remember when I was even going to like drama school auditions uh, my girlfriend at the time put me in touch with this guy who was already a few steps above me and, and just that puts a fire under you to be like you know uh, focus on this if you don't know how to be smart and driven just focus on someone else look what they're doing and go damn how do I close that gap I think is the biggest thing you can do and don't be too hard on yourself like um, we've all got to start somewhere so even if you're like you're the person in the class who maybe year one and two you were lazy or whatever or you had your own your, your own stuff to sort out and you're like oh my god third year better knuckle down just begin, you know, put the hours in, go to the library or whatever you need to do and just, just become it. And what I will say for both categories, whether you're mm. smart and driven or you want to be, is you need to go on the Arts, arts Jobs website, artsjobs.co.uk and look on there because that's where like, that's how I met Alex and that's where a lot of people in this industry get their work alongside Spotlight and that kind of thing. That's literally where you get like your day job work, Arts Jobs. Go on there and see how few jobs are for actors. But there are loads of jobs for facilitators. There's loads of jobs for people running workshops. And there's loads of jobs for people who have a different art form to offer that isn't acting. Um, and that could be things as closely related as like spoken words. It could be writing. Um, and that's partly what triggered me. I was at drama school and I was like, I don't have any other skills. You know, there's some people who've been like playing the flutes, you know, from like the age of four till 10. And then drama school, like, oh, damn, I'll pick that flute up again because, like, acting musicians, like, need a skill. I was like, damn, I don't have that. And I was like, and I kind of can't remember how I stumbled across it. I remember, like, actively looking for something. I was like, I need something. And then I kind of stumbled across this thing called VJing when Ideas Tap was going. Because, um, again, like, I love structure. So I was like, you go on Ideas Tap and everything was laid out of all the possible jobs. <laughs> I was like, oh, VJing. And then I think I clicked in there, like, all these profiles were linked so you could see how many of those people were that. If you clicked an actor, it might be 20,000 profiles. And I clicked on VJ, and there's maybe like two. I'm like, damn. And then I saw this like opportunity come up. It was like, this is how I got my first VJ job, was at the National Theatre. It was like, uh, to VJ at the National Theatre, and it was paid, and they covered your accommodation. And then, I don't know, I just like downloaded the software and just started playing around. Because I've, I've always been like visual, very visual person, but I can't draw. So it was a chance for me to be arty and express that side of myself, but without having to draw. So yeah, I kind of on in the holidays of drama school, uh, I kind of just started learning that, and then whilst I was at drama school, I got this national theatre job, and it 
which I kind of, I think I only got it because he thought my Wigan postcode was a North London postcode. I think he got like WN mixed up with NW. So it was like WM1 and he thought it was NW1. Because remember when I rang him, he was like, I was like, my travel's going to be like 150 quid. And he was like, oh, are you not from London? Oh no. <laughs> but he, I think he liked my work or whatever. And that guy is called Rob Watt and he's worked for Headlong. And do you know what I mean? Like we're all, yeah. So that's kind of how I got started with video DJing because I believe that as an actor, you know, you don't want to be the bottom of the pile. If you're an actor, if you're just an actor, unless you are very good or, you, um, or you're a bit further on your career where it's totally cool to be just an actor. If you're on like TV series, that's cool. Like, but if you've just graduated and you're kind of in the kind of middle of that pack, it's, it's tough to just be an actor. You need to have a think to what you used to do, what you like to do at school, something that people say you're good at. It could be like, it could be like, oh, you're really good at, in our choir at like arranging people's voices or like literally think outside the box, man. It doesn't have to be like a, a, a clearly defined art form. It can just be something that you can do. Yeah. Public speak, like whatever. Just have a go. So yeah, go on Arts Jobs and see the job that's going there and you'll be like, oh damn, like this is the stuff I need to be doing. Or could get. So cool. So... Tell me a little about how you organise yourself now. Yeah. Um, so do you have a daily routine? Do you do you kind of um, yeah? How, how do. do you have notebooks or what? How do you organise yourself? So I, I do have a daily routine. Something that you should know about me is that I. Some people say I'm quite. I'm a bit like a robot. <laughs> I like routine and I like systems, and uh, that's been good for my life, but also bad for my life at times. But for organisation, it's good. So a thing I've been playing with over the last couple of months is when I first get up, I like to start creatively. So getting the good vibes going. So um, literally, currently, I'm trying to watch, instead of a film a day, it's one film over two days, just because of life. <laughs> so I wake up and I reach my laptop and I'll sit in bed and I'll maybe watch half an hour of a film. Um, a film that I'm really into or maybe I'm trying to learn from or something. And that just gets you excited. You know, it's a good film. You're like, yeah, this is good. So you wake up, you feel creative. Or it might be for you, free writing. Or it might just the idea it's something um, fun that gets you excited rather than jumping straight to social media or straight to your emails or straight to something that you have to do. Like, you know, start the day off right with something creative. So that's what I do. Um, another thing I've started doing is know your sleep pattern. Obviously, some people are more early risers and some people are. Uh, not it's it's this from what I've read. This is more about when you're most awake, when you you feel most creative. For example, you know, so some people it's early morning, some people it's late at night. I'm more definitely more early morning, um. So I sometimes incentivize my brain, um. So you know, everyone loves to play video games or whatever it is you like to do. At, you know, one a.m. in the morning, but um, let's say it's like eleven o'clock. I'm playing a video game. I'm like Ryan, go to sleep now, and then when you wake up in the morning, you can play a video game. Because otherwise, you play the video game. It's like three o'clock in the morning good sleep you wake up at maybe half 10 and then you're kind of behind the game whereas if you go to bed a bit earlier and say look you can still game game for an hour or so um that kind of thing and also yeah i mean i'm just really anal like i even put like alarms when i'm playing video games i do that yeah <laughs> i think especially helpful with we've just been talking about red dead redemption off the off the podcast and i normally play a lot of sports games which are really easy to know when you can come in and out you know you play yeah. two matches you stop you know you're done Whereas Red Dead, it can kind of go on and on and on. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I'll do this, and then I'll just want to like collect these three things, and then I'll finish my session. But the timer kind of helps mm. remind you. Well, that's flow state, isn't it? It's like when you get into that kind of 
where you can't really game. That's why gamers game for hours and hours rather than yeah. I mean, minutes. I mean, give props to this. It's a very well designed game. Yeah. That's what games enthusiasts should be doing. Yeah. Um, being late is my another caveat. So I used to have a real issue being late, especially at drama school. I'm a lot better now. Yeah, a lot better. I won't say I'm perfect. I'm not. But I'm a lot better. And the tip I got from that, it got to the point where I had to Google, like, how to stop being late. And the tip that's on Google is, like, work backwards from the time that you need to be somewhere. So today I had a meeting with you at four. Uh, so my train was supposed to get in at 15.43. Uh, it got cancelled, but that was fine. So it was, like, four. So I've got to get, like, a 2.20 train from Manchester. And so I need to get to, I've got to leave my house at maybe, like, quarter to two. So that means I need to, like, be ready at half one. Like, no, like, oh, I need 10 more minutes to finish an email. It's like, no, you've got to, like, everything's got to be done by half one. It's almost like if you're an actor, it's your call time. Yeah. You know, at this time, you've got to be ready to go. Um, oh, yeah, there's something I've started doing real recently. It's like trying to do, like, impossible things in, in, win, in like, short windows of time. So it might be like, oh, I've got to write, like, a, maybe not an arts council bid, but maybe, like, a, an application form to a trust or something to raise money or... It could be, uh, you know, it's maybe it's an acting job you really want, and you're like, oh my god, I want to work this email, it needs to be amazing, but go like, I'm gonna do it in 15 minutes, and uh, I think there's something about that, like, you're like, I can never do that, but then you'll find yourself, you'll finish before the alarm, and you're like, oh okay, like, and so even with my, um, I've been working with a partner on an arts council bid, and we kind of do that. We've learned that we work best. You know, he might come over for six hours, but we're working these like 20 se- 20 minute like bursts. Mm blast it out and then maybe chill out for a bit and then kind of blast it out that's just kind of how it's been working so that's my that's my oh and also last year I have a whiteboard Alex in his office has a much bigger one it's this kind of a what is it I'll describe it's it kind of roll on the wall whiteboard yeah, yeah which is cool it's very very aspirational very like <laughs> tech startup um, but mine is like literally a, it's a three pound whiteboard from Wilco's uh, that sits on uh, in my kitchen on my radiator and I got just what I love about the whiteboards I've got this tip from someone else is that you write like everything down in your life so it could be social stuff it could be work any deadlines any dates anything you need to remember like anything you need to remember like the plumber's coming or like buy a Christmas present for my mum like everything and that kind of gets out of your head and stops you carrying stuff around and yeah. stops that horrible thing of like I think I'm forgetting to do something yeah that's then, super interesting and you get the satisfaction of wiping it off oh yeah and you ha- are you quite anal with where everything is on the whiteboard now? The, the, the I mean, it looks messy. It's I, I I've drawn little lines, so it's all like segmented. Like for I mean, that's another thing. Like especially, we'll talk about this. Like as you take more projects on, uh, you know, you need to get more organised. So my whiteboard has different sections for different projects because projects are at different stages and you need mm. to do different things with different projects. So, so talking yeah. about projects, then mm. how how do you make work? How do I'm interested in how you make work in terms of like content creation, but I'm also interested in how you develop work. So I know you are making an R and D at the moment. So your mm. your research and development, you're developing an existing thing that that has existed. So how, yeah. I'm interested in your process and kind of how you how you work. Oi, um, <laughs> I'm still figuring that out. Um, I think what's great about being an actor is that you get to you know, be part of other people's creative processes. So you get to, whether that's on film, on set, in rehearsal rooms, you get to go like, oh, I like that. I really don't like that. Or when I'm a director or when I'm leading a company, I definitely won't be doing that shit. You know, and then you get to, and that's the best bit. You are, you get to kind of... What is that shit that you wouldn't do? Stuff that I wouldn't do. It's not really what I wouldn't do. It's more like stuff that I would do. Remember I went to rehearsal with someone who I got the job with. In the... uh, 
audition sorry in the audition room there was like snacks mm. like it was like you know you, you're waiting there's like a little bowl of like snacks and fruit and I was like that's really cool that's a nice touch it just makes the whole process a bit happier yeah you get something nice out of it you know, yeah. don't get the job um, that level of care I suppose I really like that's interesting and it's, that's not expensive either it's not no, gonna... this is like somebody got an Aldi for like yeah. £2 like 8 chocolate bars it's just it just says a lot about you as a company you know yeah. it's going to make me as an actor go I want to work this guy because he, he cares mm. he's going to care for me because he cares about his team mm. yeah it was impressive really impressive um, so going back to kind of how I work um, I think the biggest thing I've learned I'm going to jump about a bit currently one of the best ways to network and learn at the same time is to collaborate with people and obviously still be you know that doesn't mean you collaborate with anyone you know, you don't go to a mixing event and try and find the first person you grab and go, let's collaborate. <laughs> it's obviously ideally, same as a mentor, it should be someone who either isn't an expert in something that you don't know much about or you want to learn, or there are a few rungs above you in whatever it is. Um, but I've definitely learned that collaborating is one of the best forms of networking because in theory, you're both getting paid. It's an arts council thing or another project. And then you get to tap into their network, you know, their friends come see the thing that you make. And then you meet them after in the bar, and you're like, oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, so you, you did this with so-and-so. Like, oh, I'm, I'm weird in this thing, you know, next year. Maybe you can work. Like, I'm like, damn, this is a really easy way of networking because, like, you're validated because the person you're working with is like, oh, they're really good. They're great. And, yeah, it's, I'm like, it's just so much easier. Um, so uh, collaborating as networking. But also collaborating is because because the nature of me, I train as an actor. Um I've I've been in a rehearsal room. You grow up; it's very collaborative, and so I'm still I'm still trying to learn that way, you know. So I suppose the first piece of work that I properly made was in 2018 at the Royal Exchange's Collab Festival. It was an interactive piece. I think I'd auditioned for you maybe a few weeks before. I just started getting excited about interactive theatre and immersive theatre. I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna have, I'm gonna bash at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so little out there. I found when you yeah. Google like mechanics of interactive or immersive work, there's so little on it. Like. There's an article about uh, an old James Bond game that they kind of, it's about how like this level is like linear, he's on a train. Um, and it's kind of useful, kind of not. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have the best, I'm gonna have got this. I was really upset. A lot of my shows have come from obsessions, like personal obsessions. I'm really obsessed with um, college American football um, and the recruiting process around that. So I've been to Florida the year before I mean, this is another story, so we will jump again. Mm-hmm. So I've been to Florida the year before. I stayed at this guy's house, kind of for a free holiday. I said it was to do some research, but it was kind of for a free holiday, but then became about research too. Uh, and how did you meet this guy? Okay, so um, when I first graduated, literally like a few weeks after I graduated, um, a friend, like a family friend is part of like a rotary club. So they're all across the UK and all across the world. It's kind of, I mean, on paper, they're nice. It's like, it's businessmen coming together to do good things to their community. Really nice idea. And they were like, oh, um, every year there's this thing where each Rotary Club nominates a young person to go on like a kind of, like a, it's a bit like adult PGL. So for a week you do like outdoor activities, but in the evenings you do like meetings and it's like, it's very like careery. And I was like, oh God. Because uh, I'm, you know, I, I graduated, I know uh, corporate stuff doesn't really interest me. So, but I was like, you know, there's going to be talks on leadership and um, those things where you do your personality styles and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. But it was useful. Yeah. So that's what that was. Did that. Did the court. Really enjoyed it. Got that out of it. And then I, then I kind of found out, oh, this is an international thing. I was like, hmm, I'm going to go to Florida. And I was like, so what I can do, I'll, I'll write to these ones. They've got their own website, the Rotary. You just Google like the location. 
got maybe like 10 emails, Google, uh, emailed everyone, said like, hi, this is me. I'm looking to start I'm researching a play about college record football in Florida. I've chosen Florida because, well, partly because it's near, you know, from the UK, but also because it's a hotbed of, of talent along with Texas and California. So um, I was like, I'm just looking to stay for a few nights if you've got a spare room or, or a sofa, anything. This guy, you know, his wife had passed away a couple of years earlier. He was like, I've got a spare room, like, come stay. Uh, you know, don't, don't give me any money. So I literally paid for my flight and then stayed with him for two weeks. And he was like my, also my chauffeur, because he was, you know, he's maybe like in his 70s. So we literally Skyped, we emailed quite a bit. Um, and then we Skyped once and then it went over. That's uh, cool. Yeah, it was. So. And you're making a show based on so then that I made finding, a sh- right? Yeah, so I made a show kind of about that obsession, um, which is kind of easy because it were like, Sometimes when you make work, obviously you have to research a lot about it, especially as an actor, you know, someone's like, we're doing a show about, like, for example, I auditioned for you, the show was about the Unabomber, yeah. part of that show's about, so, you know, and you're like, oh, read this whole document, it's like 20,000 words, reading <laughs> it, and that's kind of generally the life as an actor, you don't really get to follow your, what you're interested in, it's more like, yeah. oh, this week you need to learn about Shakespeare, or whatever, yeah. um, which I suppose is a good thing, it means that you're kind of open, you're always curious about things um, but because I was making something that I was passionate about and I knew I was kind of the expert in it was a lot easier mm. you know I didn't have to constantly I was like I'm the expert in this so I kind of uh, I got a friend who was like a theatre maker called Sam Ward um, partly because I was like oh he's done well and he kind of like has his shit together so like by proxy he'll make this show work somehow mm. and then I auditioned three actors um, it was on a real shoestring budget of like I don't know man Maybe like fifteen hundred pounds, something like that. So each actor got like two fifty. Sam got five hundred, and you get free rehearsal space. And yeah, we kind of cobbled this thing together over about a month. Presented it. I really liked it. Uh, it basically, like, there was two teams. Each of them were coaches. So you know, you have a blue team and a red team, and they have co- uh, each of them were a coach. And their job was to convince the the main character, like a young black man, to choose their team uh, at the end of the show live. So it, well, that wasn't predetermined. You know, he wasn't going to choose team B all along which I hate really mm. hate I recently uh, I need to talk about it I recently saw a piece of work that had like predetermined consequences I hate that I was like that's trash <laughs> like I'm playing a game and then you're like oh this event happened and you lost half of your whatever I'm like why I did nothing wrong yeah like I want to be rewarded or punished for what I did yeah um, so we had that liveness to it and, and the tasks got more moral you know there's a lot of it's a very interesting subject college football recruiting um there's a few laws changing right now. Uh, so currently they're, they're amateur, uh, mm. even though they make their universities millions of pounds a year. So the students don't get paid. They get a free scholarship, um, but they don't get paid. But that is starting to change now. Um, so there's a, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of young... But it's, it's really interesting. It's almost like a, it's a small way of looking at America as a whole, mm. um, or capitalism as a whole. Um, so we did that. Uh, that was cool. So, yeah, that process was me, like, really at the deep end. And then ever since I've kind of... I normally begin by, so I used to get, I used to do a lot of poetry and like spoken words. So if I've got an idea, I normally put some music on and then I kind of just go in notes on my, on my laptop and just like, just start free writing. Yeah. That's often how a lot of things starts when I can't um, put it into any other form. I just write that. And is that, is that uh, part of scripts or ideas for set or like what is it all, all of the above? It's like a literally like spoken word, so it's just purely creative. It isn't mm. like, yeah, it's just a splurge of. It's often text, mm. you know. So it's almost like I kind of 
put like dialogue down or like a, a monologue down on the page and then that's often the very that's the starting point so the first first thing of work I made um, I was working at the airport for two and a half years in airport security and um, I kind of made a one man show in my lunch breaks and kind of writing about it um, mm. so I kind of framed it as like you think it's like funny stories from the airport and then it ended up being about like radicalisation and I cast myself because you know rather than like you know, it's a it's a stereotype and a cliche that you know it's it's people of like Middle Eastern descent who maybe are terrorists and I was like let's have it as a white guy because it's the the issue is universal and it's not about skin color. Well, people forget kind of the IRA yeah, and like actually point. before nine eleven terrorism that was the biggest was a, was a IRA right. white man you know it's like right kind of yeah before. Yeah, interesting. It's a radicalization. It kind of uh, I did some research on that. Like it kind of happens to generally young men at a certain age of their life going through a certain thing. Yeah. And and the the person who radicalizes you taps into that. So I made a show about that, and that show started literally. I put a track on and just did a bit of spoken word on my laptop and wrote that down. Um, that's how that began. And then you figure it all out. That's cool. Reverse engineer things. I do that a lot. I could be still recording. Yeah, good. Uh, I reverse engineer things a lot. So uh, if there's a play that I really like, that's how I learned to write a play. Is I kind of took plays that I liked and then kind of like read them a few times and go like, well, what are they doing? Like, what's the uh, you know what's the structure? What's the mechanics of it? Um, and then a bit like anything, but when you're at uni, you kind of the kind of second year thing where you get you get so much into structure and like the the nuts and bolts that you kind of you lose your creativity. And I think, you know, when you first graduate, that happens as well. You're learning, you're learning. And then you start to kind of let things go and you start trusting yourself. So you maybe don't search things out as much. You're like, no, I've, I've got an idea in my gut of how, of how this works. So this year I've just made a film and stuff. I want to do more of that as well. So, yeah. So how have you, how have you just made a film? How, 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 where does that start? Yeah, do, so that started that? from... Where did it start from? Cause that's it, cause you yeah, just no, hear people yeah. just go, okay, and then I just did this. I, I like, do oh, know where I started it. from, I do know where I started from. So when I was in my third year at drama school, we were directed by a guy who did our showreels called Chris Cronin, really cool director from Leeds, and works quite a bit in Leeds. And he was like, oh, I watched this website called Short of the Week, and it's amazing, and it's free. You don't have to subscribe or sign up, it's literally free. It's a beautiful website, I'm quite a visual person, so I really liked it. It's just nice to look at. They've got, it's really well organised, which obviously appeals to me. You, know, you can search by like country, you can search by genre, you can search by more geeky stuff once you get into camera like 35mm or stop motion or whatever. Um, and it's beautiful. So I was really watching, it's, it's done by the guys who do um, Vimeo staff picks. Right. So that's kind of in the film world, that's quite a prestigious thing to kind of, if a film gets put as the Vimeo staff pick or pick of the week. Um, so I was watching some of them. I always watch the UK stuff, partly again as an actor. I was like, I'm an actor. This is a chance for me to see like up and coming directors and then hopefully there'll be a career stage where they're like, um, basically I can email them. Mm. That yeah. career stage. They're not, they're still big enough. They don't have an agent that I have to go through. I can still email them and be like, hi. That was, that was purely, that was partly while I was watching it. You know, first graduate, I was like, yes. Everything was through the lens of just being an actor. Uh, and then I found this amazing uh, female director called Thea Gajic. Um she did this cool short uh, and then I kind of did a bit of Google and I was like, she hadn't been to drama school. Um, she's kind of fairly ordinary, you know, to nothing. Sometimes you look at it you're like, oh, I know exactly why. I went to drama school, someone's really good looking and he's done really well. Like, you know, sometimes you can know why. Mm. Or someone has a particular look and you're like, oh, that's why you're doing really well. 
she was very you know normal and and really cool so i emailed her i went on her website i did that filled in that little contact form and i was like hi have you got any tips and we kind of chatted and a bit how i spoke to you i was like you know what was your budget she was like we made it on 200 quid in a day and i was like cool this sounds doable and <laughs> because i was interested to hear a career path she used that short film called run to get an agent she got a really good agent off the back of it i was like ah oh, that's another way for actors to to get agents to make their own work because I made a play and I found that I did a one-man show the year before and I was like it's a lot of work not many people come to see it it's just a lot of graft and I was like I want something that lasts um, and I was like okay cool maybe I'll sing more about film and I, I kind of just followed her method I kind of modelled my, my path on that I was like okay I'll, I'll, I'll try this thing out so I was like okay I want to make a short film I wasn't really sure what it was about and then I was kind of at the time I was going through this, this woman's now my girlfriend but I was having like a a very long casual relationship with someone so we were friends of benefits for maybe th three and a half years um, and it was about the feelings that I felt from it so they that probably began as you know spoken word bits I remember yeah, I'd bike back from her house and like just start spouting the stuff on my bike you know these little two or three lines of, of spoken word um, that, that was the, the stimulus for the piece beginning and then I met uh, the DOP on the short film, who the guy who gave me snacks in the audition room. It was his film, and the DOP on that we met. We got on really well. I was like, he's really great. And then I just wrote the script for about a year and a half. Just developed it. And it was trash. Like I first wrote, wrote it in like Word, yeah. and it was like unformatted. Yeah. So you know, I had two of my film friends. I invited them to come, and they're like, "Oh, this needs a lot of work. You've just written it like a." like an essay, like a word document. It has dialogue, but it's, it's awful. And then, you know, it's like anything, you just, it's all knowledge based. You know, mm -hmm. you learn a few new skills when you jump medium. So, you know, learn how to format and download some software and that kind of thing. Um, to make it into that kind of that's screenplay. It. Yeah, because, you know, previously I was literally getting the font of those screenplays, but still doing it on Word, but yeah. not the formatting. Uh, and then you read a lot of scripts, that really helps. So I have a script, um, I've got a, a DOP in mind uh, and I was like I've read lots of advice from short films so the advice was like keep it really simple in terms of locations because um, you know you get to choose you get to you can put yourself in the shit as a writer and you can also get yourself out of it so don't write like oh it's like there's explosions or there's a sci-fi or like it's underwater like, all <laughs> that is lots of money and um, so I was like okay I'll just it needs to be something I can shoot my house and then so basically I knew what it was about it was going to be about me and this girl uh, it was going to be moments from our relationship or how I felt about her and the idea just kept changing or it just kept whittling you know recently I've been thinking a lot about everyone. this is a very common metaphor people use about creativity but this idea that you take a block of marble or wood and you and you remove stuff that's the correct process is taking stuff away not adding uh, and really that's what that was and what's interesting was because it was real me and this girl's relationship was changing so uh, it started off as like two people, she was in China and I was here and we were communicating over Skype. And then as we now got closer, it then became, so at first it was very mournful, it was about the past and about almost like a regret, you know, I should have done this when mm. you said this. And then, then as our relationship got better, it became more present tense, the film. Uh, and then yeah, I just kept refining it and then shot it in August with someone who was from like the year below me at drama school, uh, paid him like 150. Uh, and then I kind of, I kind of, my, the DOP got a sound guy and I paid him. And, and how are you getting the money for this? Is that that's just, that's just me. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big believer that if you, if you have a job, 
even if it's, it's controversial, even if you're working in your cafe or side job, you should use that money to, to go towards it if you can. Unless there's a really, really, really strong reason where like that person has gets enough value from it to do it for free. Maybe your friend uh, has a camera and they want to be a, a DOP, a director of photography, but they've never made a film before. You could argue like, hey man, you get to come shoot my film, you get to make a whole film for your showreel, whatever. Anything apart from that, I'm like, nah, just pay people, man. Especially when it's your friends, like you want to help them out. Like, why would you not? I yeah. Think, yeah, so that's, I've always tried to pay people. Yeah. There's a big thing, isn't there, about working for free, working for exposure, working for... Yeah, so this is that, yeah. that as we know it. So you mm. get a chance to change that narrative when you make your own work. Yeah. I'm not saying people pay people bazillions, but people really appreciate it when you pay them. Even if it's just little, because it's the gesture of it. And have fruit and biscuits in the auditions. Fruit biscuits in the auditions. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of how I made that short. So I made it in August, and I've literally just edited it and finished it last night. Uh, that's where we're at. Sweet. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. These, these are not my questions. These are kind of Tim Ferriss style questions. Yeah. Um, so um, is there a book, or what is the book that you have gifted the most? Um, I mean, I love that because it's very like Tim Ferriss, very like American. Mm. Um, I, there's one book that I bought, I think I bought maybe for myself, and then gave it to my mum. And then she gave it back to me. And then I... Who's got it now? I don't know who's got it. <laughs> who did I give it to? I really don't know how I gave it to, but it'll probably come back to me again. So it's kind of more like bounced around rather than with like... Actually get, right. Like the same copy. I haven't like... I haven't, you know, bought three copies of the book and give it to different people. Uh, it's called The Little Book of Fuck It. Um, it's, it's a kind of a picture book about um, this philosophy of fuck it, which is something that one of Raptor's teachers, Paul Elson kind of tell us at drama school was like just 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 by saying the word fuck it will make you like jump into things and it's just something good to do in life when uh, any pressures on you like oh fuck it like and just like you know there in the book there is a deeper thing going on um they basically say that, like they've done 40 years of meditation and they're basically like saying fuck it is kind of the same thing it's just like giving into the flow and be like whatever you know uh, slip book of fuck it recently a book that I really into is called Notes on the Cinematographer by Robert Bresson um, so I'm on like a Lynn Ramsey crush at the moment I uh, love all of her work and she in some interviews she mentions that she read this book and so straight away I was like great go and buy that read it loved it it's really nice for anyone who's transitioning or not transitioning anyone who wants to work and make their own films coming from a theatre background because he talks about how film shouldn't be theatre on screen um, and when you watch some short films you see why you know it's just maybe two scenes and they're three minutes long and it's just two people talking to each other on a wide shot that isn't a film that's just theatre on screen so it's really I mean watch Lynn Ramsey's work especially it's like super visual and again I had to teach this is how I had to learn it mm. you know I've trained in theatre since I was like 14 I've gone to drama school it's text 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 that's my whole world like I, I, I know how to put on a play. I don't know how to make a film. So when I was first writing for films and stuff, I was using all the conventions of theatre. I was using monologues uh, and things like that. And just, you know, dialogue, you know, in theatre. So it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a medium of words where characters kind of tell you how they feel, whereas film is almost like, it's like, how much can I tell you without saying anything? And it's just, look at, look at this, you know. So I'm learning that. I'm still learning that. So, yeah, that's, that's what I did. That's my transition. 
So another another question. Yeah. Um, what are what are the bad recommendations that you hear in your industry? Yeah, I love this. Um, I try to think hard. I think there's generally a lot of good advice. It's generally the same. I mean, it's the same with anything. Maybe it's the same with you. You know, starting a company that kind of thing. It's the advice is always the same, and so you're always looking for new advice. But generally, what that means is like. You might need, you need to hear a few people say the same thing in their own way for it to click with you. You know, it might be as an actor getting notes or it might be whatever it is. They'll be saying the exact same thing or the essence of the same thing, just in different ways. And then it's that one person's way like, oh, you know, the way he said it or she said it makes much more sense to me. I get it now. Um, so my bad recommendation, a bit controversial, is people say get a flexible job. And I think when you first graduate, or what I thought was it means like, go work in a cafe. Go work in a cafe, go work in a bar. It's, it's low paid, but it's flexible and they'll treat like shit sometimes, you know. My caveat is that get a job that's unique to you, even your side job. And I don't mean like live, laugh, love, like unique, you know, we, a side job is a side job still. But um, me and my friend talk about this. If you look at some, especially working class theatre makers, they often start off in like the administration department of theatres or they might work in marketing. So they run like maybe like, I don't know, between 15 and 20 grand a year. They may not always, you know, they might only be working three or four days a week, but they're working in a theatre, they're seeing how things are done, they're seeing how shows are marketed, how it's put together, and you're in the industry. Like, and I'm like, damn, that's a smart move. And I get it, it's not for everyone. So again, you know, find something that's unique to you. A lot of people train as yoga teachers or just something that like, that pays you and you're happy You're happy to do your side job. That's the key thing. Because the, the gist I've got from listening to interviews with actors is if, if you hate your side job, it makes you hate the whole thing of acting and being yeah. an actor. And you're like, oh, this is such a grind. I really hate it. I'm going to quit. So did you like being at the airport? I kind of did, you know. At first I kind of fell into it. You know, on the job website it was like 20 hours a week. And it was like £10.50 an hour. And I was like, great. Yeah, I can do that. And then, you have this weird contract where they kind of it's average 20 hours a week so you might work um 50 hours in the summer and then 20 hours in the winter um which as an actor isn't great because you know you literally get told to get a flexible job and then i was like oh damn this isn't a flexible job um it was a really big company so compared to working in a coffee shop i love how i'm just like debunking what i've just said but that's good <laughs> you know compared you know it's a huge company plus thousands of people and the the person who would make that hey can i get a day off an audition like, doesn't even know who you are. They're in an office. And, they, you know, in the past, I'd always played in, like, my personality to, and to build a relationship with my manager to then, to then get, get things off if I needed to. In last job, I couldn't. You know, there was like, no. I'm like, great. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, you know, you either have a sickie or go on holiday or whatever. Um, but I was so frustrated by that. Rather than get it down, I was like, um, I literally don't have any time to be in anybody else's work. You know, so there's no point me looking on Monday or Spotlight. I just, I wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, I just physically couldn't work. So there's no point in me auditioning or applying for these jobs. I was like, so fuck it. Like, I guess so I'm going to have to make my own work. So it kind of came out of necessity. I was like, right, I'm going to do this whole one-man play thing and like, and just have a go at that. Um, so that's, does that answer the question? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I actually started to love it. I got on a better contract uh, that was part-time and just working afternoons. And then... I kind of really appreciate it. It's an amazing place as an actor because you're compared to normal jobs. Or when people say, oh, this is bad advice. And people say, like, go, um, what do they say? Like, sit in a coffee shop and, like, 
what's the phrase? It's on the tip of my tongue. Like people watch. Yeah. You don't want to watch people like films and t- and stuff. is never about people like walking like at level five of ten. Yeah. It's never about them like walking the into the shops yeah. on a Saturday morning. No, no, no. It's it's high stakes, and so this is what the airport was. It was great. <laughs> Sometimes a little too close. Just across the tail from you, someone's having a nervous breakdown because they missed their flight, or they're shouting at you, or they're maybe being arrested on a terrorism charge. Like, and like, I'm like, yeah, that's the that's the level <laughs> of stakes as an actor. Yeah. And you see these beautiful things. Remember Killian Murphy? A great bit of advice he's in the interview was that he watches on public transport. He watches like um, mannerisms and gestures that he steals that are unique. He steals and then puts into his own work to make it look more real. Um, so you know, I might watch how a woman might might suddenly stop crying and then really like she might do a gesture that's stopping her from crying in that moment and then something else might happen or mm. you just got to see like unique react people wouldn't react how you thought they would yeah which is as, again as an actor is really really useful that's why Marlon Brando is so good isn't it because he goes against the is that right is it Marlon Brando right. or is it De Niro he... I saw uh, an interview some but actually if you analyse what he does he goes against how that line should be said right and that's why he... Because he subverts everything, doesn't it? Interesting. Um, and final question. Um, when, when you feel overworked or mm. overwhelmed or if you've temporarily lacked, lacked focus, what do you do? Uh, I'm not that good at it at the moment. To be honest, I need to get better. Uh, I think it's really useful to just acknowledge it and accept that. Um, sometimes I'm like but it's not productive to like be down today Ryan um, <laughs> but you know like so in that instance like do indulge yourself and, and do what you feel if you want to play games for two hours do that um, I always go for a walk uh, I find that really helps even just even just around the block really helps uh, and then I think as a, as a guy like um, don't be afraid to reach out to a friend generally because guys generally we have less social lives than, than women so be like hey like what are you doing tonight and you don't have to say what it is. You're like, you're free tonight, man. I'm like, yeah, sure. And that's that. So like, don't be afraid to, to hang out. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to say why, or even when you're with me, you don't have to say why, but it'll just make you feel better. So go for walks and reach out to friends. So thank you so much for uh, going to this again. Um, it's been a pleasure. Where, where can people find your um, R&D if it's on? Or where can people find you as a, as a person? I love this. I've been so excited for this question because in podcasts it's like the, the ending question. And yeah. now finally I get to I get You to get to do it. it, yeah. So you can find me uh, on Twitter mainly, at Ryan M. Gilmartin. Um, I'm also on Instagram, ryan.gilmartin01. Um, and on there you can kind of get through to my Vimeo for my video work and also uh, my <laughs> we've got a hoover that's trying to sound like it's desperately getting in uh, so you can find me on my Vimeo uh, to see my video work and also find me on my I made a website but in you know just to show you the nuts and bolts of it it's free it's on Weebly like it ain't I didn't drop any money on it it's, you know it's easy um, so I'm on I'm on those two things uh, the R&D, if we're successful, that will be shared um, hopefully at the Lowry, the Quad in Derby and in Morecambe at a place called More Music. And there's loads of other stuff I'm working on as well. So it, as and when, if you just keep on my Twitter, you'll hear about it. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you.